Welcome to the Hearers and Doers podcast. I'm Becky Kaiser, and I'll be the host for this show. Do you need a space where you can show up just as you are? This is your place. Dry shampoo, crying kids, messy house, and barking dogs are all welcome here. Do you need a cheerleader who sees all your amazing potential and unique ways God's called and created you? Done, I'm signing up as captain. I'm a certified life coach and Bible teacher with decades of experience who isn't afraid to tell you the truth you need to hear. Some weeks I'll be sharing practical and encouraging and sometimes correcting shows, and other weeks I'll be introducing you to new and old friends. You ready? Let's go, my friend. Hello, welcome to a special episode on Halloween. Now, when I talk about Halloween this time of year, it is always (laughs) inevitably where I lose a bunch of followers and a bunch of email subscribers because, listen, this is a complicated conversation for us to have because we all come from different perspectives. And so I want you to know wherever you come, wherever you land on um, on the scale with Halloween, whether you are like, listen, Halloween is obviously Satan's holiday. We shouldn't even be mentioning the word all the way to you are obsessed with Halloween, listen, you're welcome here. And I want us to have a conversation about Halloween so that we can figure out as Christians, like what is what is the best and appropriate way to um to handle Halloween. So I'm gonna share with you some things that I've learned about Halloween. And a lot of these things come out of my book, Sacred Holidays, but I'm gonna share with you some other things that aren't in the book, um, as well as I'm going to open up some open dialogue on social media. So I'm going to post a picture on social media that has the book with some pumpkins in the background. And that's where we're going to do like an open Q&A as well as you all sharing your best tips on Halloween. So that would be a great little resource for us to all have available to us. Okay. So I've already said we all stand in lots of little places, but I know that for those of you who aren't sure about Halloween the most, you are kind of the most uh, trepidatious about listening to this episode. And so let me just say um, you're safe here. It is okay to to not be certain about this and to your, your strong feelings are valid. Um, what we have been taught in the church and in Christian history about Halloween makes every fear you have completely valid. However, I want us to all consider what might be another perspective that we can look at it with. And then from there, we can each decide, okay, this is what would be right for me or for my family. We don't all have to feel this is not a black or white issue. (laughs) This is definitely not a black or white issue. So, um, Let's just, we can acknowledge that and just I'll say to each his own on this, on this issue. Uh, let me address a couple of things. Number one, um, a couple of misconceptions about Halloween. Number one, we, we often, I often hear people say, well, we don't celebrate Halloween because it's such a satanic or pagan holiday. And I, I get that. I'm not I'm not gonna argue that. I talk about this a bit more in the book there at the beginning of the chapter about the his historical context of Halloween. I actually share the historical context of all holidays. And you'd be surprised to know that 
Halloween was not the most um, holiday rooted in, in pagan tradition. So if that's the case, there's a few other holidays you're probably going to want to scratch from your practice um, as well. So yes, and I, I get to you on that, right? So there are, it is undeniable that there are some leanings towards pagan history on Halloween. However, we can also say, that, but what is it today and what is it to you? Okay. Every day is what we choose to make it. And so what is it today and what is it to you? I can argue a reversal that Christmas started as a very Christian holiday and in reversal has become a very commercialized holiday. So you can make anything become anything. Let's make this one become one that's full of light and love. Uh, the as, as I shared about the extremes that we can all find ourselves in, I thought I would share the extreme that that I came from so um it, some of some of you grew up in those households where your uh, mom or maybe grandma wore like all the Christmas sweaters and you had the Christmas village and Christmas was like the holiday right and they went all in on that you prayed to baby Jesus all the things my mom <laughs> my mar my mom and was real into Halloween. And so starting October 1st is when she would begin talking to us it almost exclusively with a witch's voice and it would go something like this. Well, hello my pretties. Welcome home from school today. <laughs> and that's how we would talk to my mom for the entire month of October. Occasionally um with a witch's hat on as well. So I also share probably one of the best Halloween stories and costumes in the chapter. I'm not going to share it now for time's sake, but you'll have to check that out in the chapter because it is hilarious. So why do I love Halloween so much? Um, obviously, my mom helped me love it. She made it a lot of fun growing up for me. But what I love about it now as a Christian is this. It is the one time, the one time our neighbors come and knock on our doors and ask for things from us. Like they want to see us. You're not having to like figure out a way like, how can I get to know my neighbor? How can I be intentional to build a relationship with them? Like, you're not having to be the weird neighbor that just like hands them a card and invite them to Easter service. Like this is a very normal interaction you could have with your neighbor so that you can build a relationship with them to talk about other purposeful things in the future. Um, this is why I love it so much. Don't be the neighbor that just puts out on Easter the he is risen cross in your yard and hands out cards when it's time to invite them to Easter service, but you've never really engaged them otherwise. That doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, before I share a couple ideas, let me also just address this. And I'm going to actually read this directly from the book. Um, this is on page 104 if you have a copy of the book. 
I hear people say often that we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. And this phrase confuses me so much. It's not a verse in the Bible. Did you know that? We quote it so much in church that many of us believe it must be somewhere. It originates from Jesus' prayer in John 17. In this prayer, Jesus proclaims that he came to them, the disciples, and that he was not of the world, and that his disciples weren't of the world either, verses 14 and 16. Then verse 18 says, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Hence the saying, in the world, not of the world. However, we've somehow interpreted this to mean that we are in the world, but we aren't to have anything to do with it. If we draw this conclusion, then we've missed verse 15, which states, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Jesus' desire wasn't our removal from the world or those in it. He didn't commission us to be isolated in our safe Christian bubbles. He sent us into the world and he prayed for our protection from the evil one. We wouldn't need a prayer protection if we weren't stepping into places where evil was. Let's not step out of this world. It just wasn't Jesus's heart. So friend, I hope you um, hear that. That It's the thing I hear most from other Christians. You know, I, I want to be in the world, but not of the world. And it's very similar to the saying, love the sinner, not the sin. And <laughs> these are just not verses in the Bible. We... We are too in our bubbles. We, because we don't know, we don't know how to love those who aren't like us. And that's, that's on both sides of the pendulum, right? Like, look at the current political climate. We don't know how to listen to people on the other side. We don't know how to listen to people with differing views. We don't, we don't know how to how to coexist with people who are nothing like us, but Jesus, he sat with prostitutes and tax collectors, the poorest of the poor, the dirtiest of the dirty. That's who he gathered with. He got ridiculed for that. And how we live is we just get in these tight bubbles for protection. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't shelter yourself or your family some. I'm not saying like, Hey, let's just take everybody to like a strip club. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I am saying we can't just be in bubbles constantly that are so safe, that are so filled with such like-minded people that you never provide opportunities to share the gospel with people that are, or to show the gospel. It is not just about sharing the gospel with our words. But my goodness, that they see it in our lives, that they see it in your joy, that when they see you living, they're like, there's something special about her. There's something magical about the way she loves her family or that how she does her job or how she gathers us in the neighborhood. There should be a magic about you that is just, they can't quite pinpoint it. And when they see that, then they want to know more. That, that should be the hook. And when you pull yourself out and you put yourself in a bubble, they never see it. They never know it. And what's happening, Christians, is at Halloween, because we're saying, well, it's a Satan's holiday, I don't want to be a part of it. And for a lot of people, if you are a part of it, you're just going to your church's fall festival or trunk or treat, which, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I actually ran a massive first festival at 
um, my old church. And I encouraged people at our church not to come to it. <laughs> we had something like 6,000 people that would come to it. And it was a great event for the community to come to. But I told my friends at the church, don't come. Like, do not be here. Be on your street. Because that's where you should be. That's where you should be going. You need to get to know your neighbors when you can. Okay, so how do you do that? Number one, let me give you a very baby step. So if you are going back to the beginning of our conversation, if you are one of those people, you're like, Listen, Becky, I'm just, I'm not okay with Halloween yet. I'm I'm willing to listen to this whole conversation. I'm willing to hear, hear you out, but it's just not going to happen this year. I'm not going to turn on my light. I'm not going to hand out candy. I'm not going to do any of those things. Listen, you have made a big step already. I'm giving you a virtual fist bump. You've made a big step. You're listening to this. Let me Let me just push you one step further. How about also at least once this month, walk your neighborhood. Just walk around it and pray. Like pray over the homes, pray over the families and the people behind each of those doors. Pray and ask God to show you what, what's going on in these people's lives. Pray for the broken marriages. Pray for the kids that feel depressed. Pray for the diagnoses you don't know about. Pray for the kids who are struggling with being bullied at school. Pray Pray for those that are struggling with their jobs. Pray for the people in your neighborhood. Just walk walk their streets. Bring light in, in a spiritual way. And then that's fine if you're like going to just turn off the light and watch some Hallmark movies in your bedroom that night. That's fine. You can do that. For those of you that are like, okay, I want to shine a light. How can I shine a light? Just participate. Turn on your light. If you're someone that you're like, I'll be home. I'll be home that night. I'm going to turn my light on now. And I'm going to open the door. Listen, it doesn't matter. You can do this on any budget. Okay. So you may be someone that you're like, we just don't have much money, Becky. That's fine. That's fine. Get the cheapest candy possible. And it doesn't matter because what kids are doing is they're just trying to fill up candy as high as they can. They're not paying attention to what you throw in there because they're running as fast as they can to the next house. Here's what they are paying attention to. When they when you open the door, well, one, they want you to open the door as quickly as possible because again, they're trying it's all about speed and collecting as much candy as possible. Um, but when you open the door, your reaction is everything. So if it's somebody in a scary costume, pretend to be frightened, like, ah, oh my goodness, you scared me so much. If it is a little girl, in a princess costume, you better be like, you are the most beautiful princess I have ever Are you the real Princess Elsa? And here's what happens in that moment. Not only did you just make that little girl feel like an actual princess, but that mom that's videotaping this whole moment 20 feet from you, you've just won her over. So every time she drives by your street or your house, every time she walks by on her weekly walk with a friend, she remembers that that lady was so nice. She was the sweetest with my kid. That is how you impart love and light at Halloween. Now you want to take it a step further. This is me. I, I want to go all in. I want to be a memorable experience on Halloween. 
we've done everything from renting an inflatable with friends and like going in together and having that in a front yard to every Halloween, we bring out our fire pit, every chair we have in our for outside. I have a big table set up with s'mores. We have drinks for kids and adults because we want people to stay, right? Like I for sure want them to come and trick or treat, but I want to be the house that they stay, that they put stop. I want to be able to have a conversation with them. I want them to to come back when the parents are are done or I want to be the house where they're like, all right, I'm going to be here. Y'all can run up and down a little bit and come right back to me. I, that's what I want. I want my house to be the house that the kids are like, yeah, Miss Becky gave us extra candy. That's We have a- activities like a little mini ball festival in our front yard because that's how I can spread light in that moment. I'm an adult. I'm in my 40s and I wear a costume every year because I want the kids to see me as super fun, even if it's ridiculous, even if I don't look cool, <laughs> because it's fun. It's engaging. Okay. In the, in the, in the book, there's a thousand ideas. So I'm not going to spend any more time. I more just wanted to convince you to do something. It, it really is anything. One of the things I love the most about, um, this book is the space you get at the end of each chapter to write in new ideas that worked, ideas that haven't worked, ideas you've heard other people have done that you want to try again in the future. Um, there, there's space to like continue to grow, like try one new thing, go one step further each year. Um, and again, this isn't about money. This isn't about, uh, we just don't have the money to hand out a bunch of candy or we don't have the money to um, get costumes. Listen, we rarely spend money on costumes. We we use what we have at the house. Candy, now listen, Halloween, because it's an important part, we budget. My husband, if you follow me at all, you know that he's a budgeter. He's like Dave Ramsey Jr. We put aside money every single month because he knows I want to do, I, I don't want to skimp at Halloween. I want to be able to hand out good candy. I want to have the s'more station. I want to be able to decorate things in the driveway. I want to be able to serve drinks for adults. I want that. Like, that's important for me. So we set aside stuff for that. Do what works for you each year, right? Find what works and do that. Have so much fun. Okay, as a reminder, go to my Instagram. I have the picture of the book, Sacred Holidays, with some pumpkins in the background. On that post, let's make that a resource post. So I'm going to put in there if you have questions. I'll answer that, but y'all answer it too. I'm not not the one and only Halloween expert. Um, y'all, let's answer each other's questions on Halloween. And I really would love to hear your ideas. What have you done that has made Halloween fun? What have you done that has made Halloween more sacred? How have you shared love and light? And also, you know what? If you're on the other side of this and you're like, I, I disagree with you, Becky. I don't think this is something we should participate in. Your voice is welcome here, and you are welcome to share that side of things in the comments as well. I will respect any differing opinions. So um, thank you for hearing me out on this, and I cannot wait to hear your ideas in the comments on that post. And I think that's it, my friend. I hope you have a great rest of your day. James 1.22 in the ESV says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Or the message translation says it even more bluntly. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. 
letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hears and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women are men who choose to not just hear what is true, but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser. And if you love today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.